0: The Belhaven has been seized. All right. I need to go grab myself a mug. (laughs) What are you drinking? I'm drinking my nice cold Stella. Okay.
1: You'll, uh, have to, you'll have to bring down some bell havens this
0: weekend. Okay, now my bell haven is poured. It's time to get on with the show, I think. But uh, before we do go on, uh, I think for all of our listeners, I think we should comment on the tragedy that happened over the weekend in a few states. Um, I think we, you and I had talked about it. It was going to happen, and, and it was just sad that it had to occur, and so our heart goes out to... Uh, some of those folks. Um, so for all of those, probably aware, but uh, the SEC, uh, the bus stop bullies did go out and steal a lot of uh, lunch money from little children uh, this, <laughs> this weekend. Um, and it was amazing. I, I was looking at, I think it was the ESPN Power Index, the FPI or whatever they call it. Um, they should just throw that thing away. I, <laughs> they had uh, Alabama ahead of LSU stronger this week. I think it was the FBI. I could be mixing it with one other poll. It was one of these polls out there. And, you know, because of their dominant performance over Western Carolina, they moved up. <laughs> I don't know, you got to be kidding me. That is just sad. They went oh, out I... and beat up kids at the bus stop. <laughs> and, think... and, and they're getting credited for it i think before
1: um this past week i think i thought if i saw correctly they were already ahead of lsu uh at number three uh which was pretty sad uh could be wrong yeah but yeah it doesn't surprise me that they're still sitting that high having still no rank to win over the top 25 but
0: yeah, and well, yes. here we are. It's it just, it's getting, I, I hear, maybe it's just me, maybe I'm making it up in my head, but I, it's like more and more each week, I um, hear talking heads talking about Ohio State's lackluster schedule, you know? And it's just, it's kind of annoying. And um, yeah, then you go through a weekend like this where SEC's beating up on FCS teams, and it's just, crazy.
1: Yeah. Yeah, they they all took a break and of course, you know, none of the games were even close because they all played terrible teams. So, what else did you expect? I think three of the starting linemen for Alabama were out, but of course it doesn't matter because they, they could uh, have their fifth string out there and still beat them. That's right. They have to look um, good. But uh Yeah, we'll see. Finally, they have some exciting games this weekend. Well, there's pretty good
0: ones this past weekend.
1: Yeah, there were. I'm just talking about the SEC, but yeah. Oh,
0: yeah, Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, the SEC only because, you know, they're uh, either A, pitting off, you know, some of their more challenging teams against one another, or they're escaping the conference, uh, to go play a real power five competition. Uh, and we'll probably all lose. No, Georgia will win. They, they're playing Georgia Tech, but South Carolina, they're going to lose. Kentucky, I wouldn't be surprised if they lose to uh, Louisville. Florida, I yeah. wouldn't be surprised if they get upset by FSU. Uh,
1: I would be a little surprised with that one because Florida State's is <laughs> terrible.
0: but Yeah, they're not good. But they've got talent. And it's a, uh, you know, if there's a deep south rivalry got going there, them there gators and noes. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it'll probably be a, be a good one. Um, but, of course, before we get to those, you know, good, good slate of games for this week, we have, uh, we have some good games this weekend to recap on another episode of Buckeye Bombast with Bellhaven and the boy. Oh and Bye. <laughs> um, do you just wanna start off with the the big big game and the
0: The righteous the, game?
1: The division title for a
0: third straight year? Yes, we must. <clears throat> I'll
1: just give my quick thoughts. Uh it, it went pretty much, you know, how we thought it would go, minus the turnovers. Uh, Ohio State really dominated that game. They did, and even even with those three turnovers, they still dominated. Penn State only had one true offensive drive mm. that le- that led for that touchdown. That was a legit right. drive. It was. Every everything else, I mean, they got this ten points off the short fields. Other than that, they did absolutely nothing.
0: Um, Ohio. Uh, This is just in. You just mentioned something about short fields, and I just heard that, yes, the SEC did. Yep, they they did take out a very short bus uh, (laughs) as well uh, this past weekend. Indeed they they did. Okay, sorry. Go ahead. (sighs) But, uh, I mean,
1: Ohio State was dominant on defense. Uh, I don't know really what happened in that second half Uh, outside of you know those turnovers the defense I think they just became complacent and I think they were trying to to get out of there I I wish they would have played hard for that third quarter and and went up by you know like 35 nothing and that would have been nice and then they could have relaxed but I think they uh, tried to relax a little bit too early
0: and I, I do think they did. I think one of the things um, it did, I don't know about the Michigan players, but it's certainly given Michigan fans um, cause for excitement. <laughs> yes, it has. Yeah, because um, yeah, I, I do sometimes get on Michigan boards around this time of year because I want to kind of see what they're talking about and what they think. And um, It seemed like three big themes have kind of come up um and one of them pertinent to this is ohio state it doesn't make sense that ohio state is favored by eight and a half nine points because they have played a soft schedule and you know they it seems like they realize that you know people will question well what about wisconsin and penn state the two teams you lost to Ohio state beat and so they quickly follow it up with because as we know you know yes we did lose to wisconsin and penn state but we lost to them away. Ohio State had them both at home. Therefore, it was like really <laughs> pretzel, real, real pretzel logic, you know? Yeah, of but course. They were twi- twisting themselves into uh, to believe that, you know, Ohio State hasn't done anything yet. They haven't played. Um, not like Michigan has.
1: Hilarious. Right. I mean, did they not watch the game where Michigan was. Completely dominated by Wisconsin for an entire game, and dominated yeah. by Penn State for a half a game, and Ohio State dominated both of those teams.
0: <laughs> I think they have selective memory, and that probably happens when you are that far behind in a rivalry. You look for anything that you can,
1: probably. Um,
0: but really, the back to to this game, though, I, I, I think yes, they dominated the game, and. Uh, Penn State, aside from when the backup quarterback came in, and all that was, they had a game plan in. It didn't involve this backup quarterback. It didn't involve this backup quarterback running right up the middle every other play, right? And so that's all that was. It wasn't them falling apart or anything. After a series or two, once they figured this guy out, it was done. And so after that, that was it. Penn State had no other offense except, to your point, the the one drive they had yeah and I think I guess
1: blame it on the rain, uh, but I think they definitely missed some tackles that they don't normally miss, uh, and I think those were the the two fumbles in the second half. I think those were somewhat tribute to to that as well, uh although the one just popped right out of Dobbin's hands, and I think fields fields was down, but at the end of the day,
0: you couldn't overturn the call, so right um, yeah. Uh, but it's, uh, it's just like we said, to, to your point, it kind of played out how we talk about yes and no. I mean, we got the 17, right? We predicted 38-17, yeah. and uh, we got the 17, right? Um, but what, what did we say? For Penn State to win, they have to get a lot of turnovers. Yep. And they would have to get to Justin Fields. When I think they did a little bit. Not a lot, um, but... I mean, he did at the end of the day put the ball on the ground three times. Yeah, he did. Um, and he was underthrowing the ball, which he'd well, throw, he throw. He, he was. Yeah, he was. Throw, He's thrown underthrows before, but it's usually, you know, one or two here and there. He was doing that consistently in this game. Yeah, he was. And and I don't know about that one play where he just like runs straight out of bounds. <laughs> I don't know. Toward the end. You know they, they needed to run some clock, and he didn't even try to throw the ball away or anything. He took like a three-yard loss. He just ran straight out of bounds. I don't know what it was about, but so so they did those things. They got three turnovers, and they kind of got to just feel a little bit. Yep, it's pretty much all the wacky stuff
1: happened, but they were dominant enough in the first half where. You know, didn't really matter. They were only up a score, but they buckled down and came back with a score. And then the defense was lights out from there on. Uh, You know, this is the first time we've really seen him play really sloppy, you know, especially in that third quarter. Um, Not only that, the play calling was extremely conservative. uh, And I was really aggravated because I knew what all the plays were coming and mm-hmm. I don't know why I don't know why they refused to throw the ball. I really don't. Um, they had had success with it throughout the game. I mean, you have Olave going up for you know a huge touchdown. They had another be- he had another beautiful one to KJ Hill. I mean, they were throwing the ball decently. I, I don't know why they didn't stick with it. I really don't.
0: Yeah, they were, and I, I'd been wondering about that quite a bit as well. And kind of your. Point being predictable on the plays, sometimes did you kind of, you know how you get those those pictures um, that you have to kind of squint at to to see the whatever's in the pattern, yeah, Fighter or something like that. So, you know, sometimes I felt like if I squinted my eyes, I saw a six right behind that one on Justin Fields' jersey. <laughs> thinking that it was JT Barrett. (laughs) I go JT Barrett up the middle again, JT Barrett. I was having flashbacks and yeah, they got conservative and yes, they look just like when, when they had JT Barrett there for a while. I, I think it is. And this is just me speculating. I know if I were on a fan board and I typed this out, I'd have, you know, probably 100 replies, 10 of which would be supporting me for three, kind of just wondering why I even posted it. And then the rest of them just calling me a complete idiot. (laughs) Uh, But I I do think that they got the fields a little bit more. I think they knew that they knew that he was running the ball down their throat. They weren't stopping our running game Uh, and our defense was dominant. And so he went conservative. He knew he had the game and he, I think he felt fields might be a little fields obviously can make him. He had nice one to Hill to your point. A decent one to Olave, so it wasn't like he couldn't do it, but why risk it? Yeah. At the end of the
1: day, uh looking back at the game, um, I, I am glad, you know, they had adversity because they hadn't seen it all, all year. Um you know, it was looking like it was gonna be another dominant blowout, which it should have been, but you know, those things happened, which you know, those happen in football games, unfortunately. That's just sometimes how the game goes. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, it, it was good, you know, the, the defense responded well, uh, I would have liked to see more from the offense, but you know, it was a good test, you know, and right before your, your big rivalry, rivalry, rivalry game. Um, uh, I, I think it's, I think it's fine. I mean, I'm happy they, they had somewhat of a challenge, you know. So this this is their first like truly like battle you know they're battle tested. That was the only game where where they could say that, and so yeah, I think I think that that will serve them well going into into this week.
0: I hope so. I, I hope they didn't get beaten up too much in that game with Penn State. Although it's hard to think that they would. I mean, they've had so much rest throughout the year since they really only play two quarters for most of the year. Um, right. But yeah, yeah, they faced some adversity. They pulled through it, maybe not the way everyone would have liked. I think I was really kind of hoping they would, you know, get that 116-year record, uh, you know, beat Penn State yeah. by at least 24, but you know, I don't really care. They won. and yes, to that point, they did dominate the game, so I'm happy.: Yeah,
1: yeah, I mean, Penn State. Was never truly in the game, um, besides for maybe a couple minutes.
0: Yeah, so, I mean, at, at, at four points, you know, twenty-one seventeen, I was ticked, you know, but I really didn't have any feeling whatsoever that they were in danger of, of losing. Right.
1: And, uh, and now, you know, they're, they're division champs. They're going to go to the Big Ten championship game. Uh, and so, of course, we'll, we'll discuss this later. But, you know, it's, it's a big rivalry game already knowing that you get to go to the Big Ten title. Uh, do, do you quickly think there's a, they have any concerns? I mean, we, we, we've talked about this, right? And we said, you know, Michigan will be its own motivation, which I do agree yeah. with.
0: But still, you know, I'm not buying that even if they lose to Michigan and win the Big Ten championship, that they're set for being in the playoffs. Um, I just I don't know that I would leave that to chance. And I don't know that anybody on that team like Chase Young feels like he wants to leave that to chance. Right. So I think they appreciate the yeah we're in the Big Ten championship game, but our goal really is beyond that. Our, our goal is the national championship, and I think they'll go in with that mindset. Yeah, I, I think they will too. Uh, especially
1: with a lot of seniors that uh, they know the importance of this game. Uh, a lot of senior leadership who has been there. Um, and so i think that'll they'll they'll speak into that as well as you know your your big players like chase young who knows this is you know his last game against the team up north um i, I think they will be ready in terms of uh, other games how about you know how about the big upset at, at the, the prime time game i f- i guess it's uh, just those prime time games that get the the top
0: teams upset but after dark right yeah because i think after dark usually pertains to like those really 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 late games but hey it was dark here especially since we had to drop an hour a few weeks ago it's darker here so it was packed full of after dark for us
1: yeah um i honestly didn't uh expect arizona state to upset oregon uh I, they or Arizona state really dominated the entire game up until, you know, 10 minutes of, left in the fourth quarter. Uh I didn't I didn't watch all of it, but or Oregon couldn't do anything and then they finally were able to move the ball, but it was too little too late. Uh they dug themselves too deep a hole. Um I yeah. can't say I can't say I'm all that surprised uh, cuz we both weren't super high on oregon i still thought you know they, they would have that one loss going to the pac-12 championship game right but, but now the uh, pac-12's chance to slowly rest on utah to get into the playoffs
0: well i, I think we both uh, i can speak for myself at least i think we both thought that oregon was going to cover which it wasn't a small spread right so we had confidence from that perspective that we thought they would go in and do what they had to do to your point remain a one loss team um but yeah also to your point i had mentioned that you know going through my rankings i had oregon at like 16 you know i had several two lost teams in front of them and whatnot uh because you know i otherwise don't think they're all that strong so yeah i'm not surprised um Arizona State is kind of an up and down team, it seems this year, and you know, that was obviously one of their ups. And that quarterback that they had, you know, I didn't see a lot of the game, but I saw at least him throw these two deep balls that were just like these rainbows right in stride in the red basket, you know? Yeah. And you look at this guy like he looks like somebody was playing a joke on him, you know. They you know, like, you know, Nacho Libre. You know, he pulls in this scrawny Esquilito, the uh, to be his, his partner. And it's almost like what they did here. You know, somebody in Arizona State was out getting, you know, chips uh, for, for the morning soup and ran into this guy in an alley, uh, stole his chips, of course. And they said, hey, come on and you know, be our quarterback.
1: <laughs> yeah. And I wasn't high on Arizona State's offense, especially from what I've seen all year. Uh, they've been ter- <clears throat> terribly inconsistent. But, yeah, tonight, uh, I think the the amped-up crowd, the the primetime game at home, um, I think much like, you know, Purdue's one-hit wonder last year. I think this is pretty much Arizona State's. Uh, yeah. Plus they get bull eligible, but I, I doubt they'll do anything. They'll probably lose their next game, and who knows what they'll do in the bowl game. So,
0: Well, I think their next game is their rival with uh, Arizona. Arizona. and Arizona's, Yeah, Arizona's awful. Yeah, they're not much to speak of. So I can see them getting past Arizona and probably play a bowl in their own stadium because I think their own stadium has a bowl, and you should know if they'll probably end up in that one. and. <laughs> <laughs> get a nice little home game there. Possibly. But, yeah, Oregon now two
1: losses. They're done, and so they still won the division and they'll still most likely meet Utah.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Uh, so Utah will have to handle business there. It'll be still an interesting matchup, but if Oregon were to win that game, Pac-12's now out of it, and that yeah, opens completely. the door com-
0: heavily for Alabama. <laughs> I I don't think so. I think it had been set up for um, the uh, Big 12. right? Again, this is assuming that Clemson, LSU, and and Ohio State make it, right? You're talking about that fourth spot. And uh, Alabama's got one game. They've got Auburn. Um, Oklahoma's got the equivalent of Auburn this week. I think Oklahoma State is every bit the team that Auburn is. And... um, you know, if they both win that game, what did Alabama really do? And then, of course, Oklahoma goes to the Big 12 championship. They square off against Baylor. They got that extra game. It's a fairly tough game. You know, I don't think Alabama, given that they just you know, took on Western Carolina, they don't want to play Baylor late in the year, right? So I, I, I think Bama's is just in the holding pattern right now until either Utah or Oklahoma or Baylor or one of these just jump over them. Yeah. I I still
1: have the Big Twelve ranked really low though. I mean Oklahoma will probably be sitting at eight tomorrow. Um well I guess seven behind Georgia, Alabama, Utah. Um, Georgia, Alabama, Utah, four, five, six. Yeah, they'll probably be sitting seventh right there. And so uh I don't know. I still think uh the Pac twelve has to lose in order for Oklahoma to get in.
0: And I'm not convinced. Right. I, that's what I, and that's what I'm saying, right? I think it favors the Big Twelve before it favors Alabama. I,
1: I would like to think that, but I just think I, I could see I could see it for the Pac twelve, but for the Big Twelve I, I just don't know. I don't know if, especially since Oklahoma and Alabama are pretty similar with high-powered offenses, but terrible defenses. Even though Oklahoma is a little bit better, you know.
0: Yeah,
1: Oklahoma should go, especially with the conference championship. But I wouldn't put it past the committee to put Alabama yeah. in over Oklahoma.
0: Yeah, but I, I just see, see this committee as being similar to the Bill Clinton presidency, in that um, they seem to rely upon you know public opinion. and change their views accordingly. (laughs) You know, that's kind of how they operate week to week. They don't have any consistent pattern. That's the way Bill Clinton was. You know, he came out with his platform of, you know, the typical flaming liberal Democrat platform, but he didn't really do any of it. You know, he kind of, he was pretty good at knowing what the people, the populace wanted at any given point in time. And so. You know, all of these things he wanted to do, he never did, right? Because he would just waver, whatever the public was saying. And I feel that with this committee. I really—if if there is a one-loss Oklahoma or Baylor team, when it's all said and done, fighting for that last spot against a one-loss Alabama, I think they would be completely idiotic to take Alabama. I think they know that. I think they know the pulse of the nation. The nation doesn't want to see them take Alabama again over a deserving conference champion. Yeah.
1: And and then, of course, well, Alabama's one of the four best teams. No, they're not.
0: No, they're not. And they can't, but in the past, they could they could argue that a little bit. Yeah, they, they could look at comparative numbers, right? Because you know, Alabama would typically have a solid offense and a really good defense, right? So they could look at those things. They could look at, you know, typically Al- Alabama has a little bit tougher competition uh, in the SEC than they did this year, right? So in the past, even though I never agreed with it, they at least had some basis of an argument. They just wouldn't have that this year.
1: Yeah. They wouldn't, and I think I saw a graphic in 2017 when they went, and they didn't win. I think they were 3-0 and versus top 25 teams. Um, and I think this year, well, I think they are 1-1 one because one I think when they beat Texas A&M, Texas A&M was ranked at the time.
0: Yeah, which I don't like that. You know, Just as a quick aside, they made a point of not doing the first college football ranking until early November, You know, over halfway through this season. And and the only reason you would do that is because, well, you want to look at the composite, right? You you want to look at what people have done to that point, what they've really faced, et cetera. And so to that same point, then don't look at an A&M or a Texas, God forbid, of what they were at the beginning of the year. Cause it's got nothing to do with now and compare comparing what they actually went through at the end of the day. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I just think yet again, they just show their inconsistencies. They, they should do it. They should, they should just wait to rank until, until it's playoff uh, selection time.
0: What do you think about that? Um, (laughs) Well, I, uh, maybe a week before. I, maybe a couple before. I, I think maybe, like, this maybe should be the first week. You know, going into that last week, where does everybody really stand, you know? Um, and have a compelling reason for it, you know? Hey, here's why such and such is here, etc. But at this point in the season, because I think you want to know pretty much where you stand before you go in, because if you let it be that last poll, and then there's no time for debate whatsoever, and they could pull a fast one over on you, so to speak, and like, what the heck just happened there? We had no idea they were going to go do that. You know, I think they should do it a couple weeks
1: early. I think they do it way too early, and then it just breeds, you know, things like this where. Uh, Georgia loses to South Carolina, you know, and they're ranked 10th, but, you know, they worked all the way back up to fourth, Um, you know, and don't take account into what that loss was to a four and six team. And so I think, you know, they they do it too early and then they, they set the standard you know, halfway through and then they pretty much keep that unless something drastic happens.
0: Well, or unless it, you know, negatively impacts the SEC and then they kinda of have to reshuffle their criteria. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Uh, in terms of the other games,
1: um Baylor soundly beats Texas. Uh, congratulations to Baylor going
0: into the Big Twelve Championship game. Um
1: it's gonna yeah, be, I mean,
0: I just have really one question about that one. Is Texas back? <laughs> I like huh? was asked that every week. Even after, you know, are, are they back? Is Texas back? Yeah, they're back. They're back to <laughs> the way they were under Charlie Strong. Yeah, well,
1: I think it's uh, I mean, they're they're pretty decimated. They have been for the past, since the halfway through the season, and so there's not really much you can do with that.
0: Yeah, no, there's not, but th- the thing is, is yes, they were decimated throughout the season, but they never even came into the year really with that struggle. team. They lost so much. And, and I'm talking about it with other teams, it just frustrates me. And Michigan was one of these. I hate Michigan, so I laugh at them anyway, right? But Frankly, they there were unfair expectations on them. You know, I fully expected when they went into that Wisconsin game the outcome. I you know I, I told you before that game I pe- predicted a 21 point win, and that's what happened for Wisconsin. Why? Not because I hate Michigan, but because they lost their whole defense from last year, and yet they were going to be Big Ten champions. Yeah, then the same thing with Texas. Is Texas back? Well, yeah, they're on the right path, but good Lord, they just lost all these players. (laughs) They're not going to be a top 15, you know? That's really my point. I just get so frustrated with that. Because they're supposedly experts, right? They're supposedly the experts. There really are only two or three teams that you can count on your hand that truly, truly, truly each year... Just reload and refire. Yeah, Bama is one of those. Clemson, Ohio State, really no other teams do that. So Michigan, who hasn't done it before, or Texas, who hasn't done it for a long time, now all of a sudden they're automatically doing it, and no, it doesn't make sense. Right, I agree with that. Um, but nevertheless.
1: Uh, yeah Texas offense really hasn't been able to do anything the past couple games and that's their strong point and uh, Baylor handled them well and uh, it'll be an interesting rematch in the Big 12 championship same thing you know with uh, both Minnesota and Wisconsin handling their business and they'll battle it out for uh, the Big 10 West crown an exciting game to, to preview coming up yeah um, and other other races, uh, of course, Oregon, uh, Utah has to win, I think, this week to to fully set the stage, otherwise, USC will get the bid. So, Utah that has would to be,
0: be so funny,
1: it would be hilarious, but uh, Utah can't get complacent there, otherwise, they should be going to the Pac 12 championship, and of course, the, the ACC. I didn't, I honestly. Did not expect uh, Pitt to lose the way they did. I know we briefly discussed that game.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah. I think you and I kind of talked about it. I, I eventually went with Virginia Tech. I think you went with Pitt. Yep. I remember correctly, but neither one of us were really convinced in our, <laughs> in our pick. Uh, but, yeah,
1: so it looks like it's going to come down between Virginia Tech and Virginia to see who's going to lose to yep. Clemson. That's right. They will be fighting for the Salieri. yep and uh so interesting matchups there uh some of the other big games that you wanted to mention oh the georgia texas a&m game uh predicted a close one there and it was texas a&m almost came back on them but to no surprise Uh, it was a low scoring one score game
0: yeah and it looked almost it's like a carbon copy it's like they have a little office over there in Athens Georgia where they're kind of stamping these outcomes I mean it looked like almost the same game against Notre Dame against Florida against Auburn you know yeah. low scoring within you know uh, you know one score you know I mean yeah. it's like carbon copy stamp 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 um well, there's really not much more to say about it. Uh, it kind of panned out the way I thought it would, too. Not just in low score, but in terms of A&M never really being in the game. And They were losing the whole game. I like, guess they kept it close, and I think they had a chance there in the fourth quarter. And, yeah, maybe they did get screwed in a couple of calls there in the fourth quarter. But uh, similar to all these other games that they lost, they never really looked like... Um, they necessarily belonged in in terms of making it competitive.
1: Yeah. They, they really didn't. Um, and it'll be interesting to see the comparison to next week or to this week when they play LSU and, uh, to see how many points LSU puts on them. But I digress. (laughs) I digress. Um, yeah. So definitely some good matchups, uh, in this, in this 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 past week, um, good good uh, playoff implication landscape as well as championship landscape for some of these teams, and uh, yeah, I look forward to the rankings tomorrow.
0: I mean, the pre seem pretty self explanatory, uh, especially in yeah, the top don't ten. But... Any, yeah, I don't see any change in the top four. Um, yeah, you know, I, I do think. They'll stay exactly the same as they are now. Uh, yeah, I think Oklahoma and Utah will move up. I think Utah will probably move into that sixth spot. Um, who did Utah they beat? Arizona, was it? Uh, I think so. Yeah. I, frankly, I, that should have been enough to jump Alabama. But it won't be, unfortunately. But if think of it this way. Alabama... Just wailed on Western Carolina. Utah wailed on Arizona. Uh, Arizona is a Power Five school. Western Carolina is an FCS team, not even a Group of Five for the love of God. It, it, you know, Utah to me should move up to five as early as this week. They probably won't, but. They probably won't.
1: Do you think after the top 10 win, Ohio State should move up to number one
0: now? Uh, well, I, I already thought they should have been number one. I think right. that their resume is – I mean, the only knock on Ohio State's resume, and it's genuine, is the fact that, yeah, they played some tough games, but they haven't played any tough away games. Right and we'll talk about that when the Michigan game comes up, but they haven't played any tough away games. Some of these others have, like LSU, maybe. I I would probably put Texas on the same plane as, (laughs) you know, say a Michigan State or somebody like that. Um, But Ohio State hasn't really played a tough away game. Aside from that, team-wise, who they played to me is on the aggregate, every bit as good as what uh, LSU has played, and they've done a better job at it with both offense and defense. They should have been number one already. Yeah, they should have. Uh, I so, think they're being consistent, I don't think, theoretically. You know, I don't think Alabama should have been that high, but Alabama was that high. Theoretically, LSU has one better win now than Ohio State. That's it.
1: Right. And so now that the resume has gone closer, you know, since Ohio State looks like the most complete team, I think that that should put put them uh, enough to be number one. But I agree. I think that until Ohio State, you know, hands business against the team up north next week, I think LSU will
0: probably stay number one for this week. Yeah. And to that point, if they both win this week for Ohio State beats Michigan and LSU beats them, then yes, I believe Ohio State should definitely move into that number one spot. Problem is, then, the very following week, you know, you're going to have Ohio State facing off, let's say it's Minnesota. You'll have LSU against Georgia. And if LSU were to win and Ohio State were to win, then LSU would probably jump them again anyway. So... It may not matter. Yeah. Uh,
1: Real quick in terms of other games, you know, that. how about uh,
0: Florida International beating Miami? (laughs) Uh, That was funny. And uh, apparently Tate Martell didn't even bother showing up for the game. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't know if you saw that, but uh, yeah. Uh, Yeah, I don't know what's going on with that. Uh, You know, he didn't win the starting position. In fact, he's third string, and they moved him to wide receiver. They have a special package for him that they've never run. Uh, Yeah, I think it's just a dumpster fire with respect to Tate Martell down there. Uh, Yeah, he's probably not going to play anymore, from what it looks like. Yeah, but also Uh, with Miami, I'm not sure. Why was Manny Diaz supposed to be a good hire? I I never got that. I mean, he uh, was originally supposed to go to Temple. I think he hired in, was maybe there for a weekend. Who knows? It wasn't very long at all. Uh, Then Miami came calling, and so he said, screw you, Temple. I'm (laughs) going to go into Miami. The whole time I'm thinking... Who's Manny Diaz? (laughs) (laughs) Who is this guy? You you got this Luke Fickle guy down there in UC. It already had a good year last year. You know, Uh, not that that's necessarily enough to go. You know, pining after a coach, but who the heck was Manny Diaz? Right. Nah, I don't know, but hasn't paid off. Paid off for him, so no. And, And frankly. With that sort of start, I don't think that bodes well for the poor guy Um, because, yeah, they they brag about it being talent rich down there, but they've got Florida State, they've got Florida, um, now to a degree UCF, right? UCF is, they're able to take all those three stars that they're, you know, willing to let go. Right, so you got Miami or uh, Florida and Florida State, and then all of these other big name schools that come in and poach your four and five stars. Uh, Why would I want to go play at Miami? You know, who's this Manny Diaz guy? We just lost FIU. Yeah, yeah, it's a uh,
1: dumpster fire for those ACC teams down there. And it probably will continue to be until something changes, whether that be the culture in general, head coaches, discipline, yep. whatever it is. I mean, there's uh, got to be some uh, hard change in a lot of these programs if they want to see a rise anytime
0: soon. Yeah, well, I mean, you look at Miami. they They're the ones – started that stupid turnover chain and um you know a lot of schools are doing it now which i think is silly oh well it's for the kids you know whatever (laughs) yeah a lot of these kids are happy to be playing football where they're playing football you can come up with something better than the turnover chain or something goofy like that something you know for the over entitled Um any other games that you wanted to mention?
1: I was gonna bring up the Indiana game uh when we just start our Michigan preview.
0: Yeah, I think that's a good idea. I I don't know that we really talked a lot about Oklahoma. Um No, we didn't. Yeah. So yeah, you know, hey I can definitely be wrong sometimes um yes i did pick ucla <laughs> at the beginning of the year. um but i'm not wrong about jalen hurts you've you've heard me saying it for the past few weeks yeah. right? it's not like this is new and did you see this guy again
1: yeah uh, yeah
0: dropping some mo by the way here here you go uh i mean he's not smart it's weird because he's very athletic and within that system he can play, but man, he's almost got some Shea Patterson in him. (laughs) Yeah. With respect to some of those really silly things that, that he does. And and again, you know, who's TCU really? Uh, you know, it just, you know, keep going back to the fact that Oklahoma state still doesn't have a defense. Um, now, everybody knows why you and I and other Buckeyes were LOLing our heads off when Oklahoma think, thought that Grinch was going to be their defensive savior. Yep. Yeah, they clearly didn't watch uh, any of our games last year.
1: No. No, they um, did not. And this one was actually, uh, yeah pretty low-scoring game, especially for their standards, 24-20. Um, their defense actually played a little bit better, and uh, their offense wasn't able to do much.
0: Well, now, during the times that I had watched it, I only saw Gary Patterson pull up his pants, I think, once, maybe twice. <laughs> You know, targeted his trousers and maybe that's it. You know, maybe he was more focused and, and you know, they were more into the game. <laughs> maybe.
1: Um, but, yeah, I think uh, Oklahoma has to play well the next two weeks and they're going to have to win to keep the
0: Big 12's playoff chances alive. Yes. Yeah. uh, Again, I think if it comes down to a comparison with Alabama, I think either Baylor or Oklahoma, one loss, shouldn't get it. But yeah, Oklahoma really is their their, uh, flagship. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Otherwise, um, I think the only game, not a lot of games. Yeah, yeah to your point, I think we'll talk about Indiana, Michigan, when we come to it later in the week, talk about the game um one that slipped under my radar is I think Washington lost to Colorado
1: they did yeah
0: yeah, and I mentioned that one because Washington is now six and five, and I'm not surprised yeah you know, again, you know they were picked to to uh, compete for that division. And they returned two defensive starters. <laughs> Peterson's done a good job there. They, they have in the past few years been one of the big names of the Pac-12. But, you know, Washington, they recruit decently, but they don't recruit at an elite level like Ohio State or Alabama. Um, or Penn State even, you know, I mean, they don't recruit at that high of a level. It's probably in the top 20, maybe on average over the past five years. Yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, they're going to have some depth, but they are not a team that can take losing nine defensive starters. It's not a good or bad thing. It doesn't make Chris Peterson a bad coach. He's in an off cycle. He's still recruiting decently, especially relative to the other schools out there. Right? Uh, he just needs another year to build that depth back up while continuing to recruit. The point being is not a good or bad thing. It's just that if you expected Washington to be competing for the Pac 12 this year, then you're not smart at what you do. And it's the same thing with Michigan. If you pick Michigan to win the Big Ten, given all the available data, hey, they get their butts kicked every year by Ohio State, plus they lose most of their defense, yeah, they're going to win the Big Ten this year. I mean, you're not smart at what you do when you're picking Washington to compete in the division and you're picking Michigan to win the conference. Yeah, everybody's entitled to be an idiot like me, picking UCLA again, (laughs) right? But, But, I mean, it seems to be consistent that every year... We want to you know, collectively pick teams like a Washington and whatnot without doing our homework. And then we, we it, you know, almost it almost feels sometimes like they blame the team. Like, oh, how could Michigan betray us this way? We picked them to win the conference. How could they betray us? How could Washington betray me? You know, it almost yeah. feels like a betrayal for somebody's talking head. You know, no. Two defensive starters. Or they lost Winovich, Bush, Long. <laughs> All right, sorry. That wasn't even an SEC <laughs> rant. That was a, a whole new level of rant. That was a different one. <laughs> that was,
1: but it was a, it was a good point. Uh, they like to look back to what teams did the year previously, without looking, you know, what what they still have to be able to do that again with. Right. Um, and it's the same thing
0: every year. Absolutely is. And, and, and it's not just the players, it's coaches as well. You know, another thing yeah. about Alabama, it's not just the fact that, and this is not a good or bad thing necessarily per se about Alabama. I think the thing that is the problem with Alabama is they've been given so many benefits of the doubt that it's just becoming annoying to people. But if you forget about all of that and look at this year singularly, they lost – a lot of defenders they have a lot of freshmen starting on the defense they lost all their coaches as much as yeah. I love to make fun of this whole Josh Gaddis thing the reality is is it wasn't just Gaddis it was him it was the offensive coordinator it was the quarterback coach they lost all of those guys you know you lose the coaching you know how how do you impart yeah. you know a place like Alabama Ohio State they have um they have a model. They have a model approach as they go by. How do you just teach three new offensive coaches the way you do things? Right? Yeah.
1: Well, there's a the reason, you know, that Ohio, State's, Ohio State keeps pumping out defensive linemen because Larry Johnson's been there forever. And right. The same thing with Clemson. You know, they have, have great defenses because Venable's been there for forever. And so they have these great coaches who actually stay there. Then yeah, you can have that not only recruiting talent, but you can reload it and not just rebuild. Yeah. Right. And a lot of, you know, these places don't have that because they don't have, not only that, do they not have those elite coaches, you know, like those guys I mentioned, right. but they don't have the consistency there either.
0: Right. I agree with that. And that's why I say there's only really and even that ebb cycle, but there's really only you know, two or three, four teams that that can consistently reload each year. And even then it took a while. You know, it's kinda of like, you know, if you were a business corporation and you had three or four businesses as a conglomerate with the sole purpose of making a smooth business cycle, right? You know, one of them's on a long cycle business, one's a short, one's kind of in between, you know. And on the aggregate, everything's kind of smooth because you hit all the business cycles. You know, some of these with the recruiting classes, who they've got coming in, who's leaving in any given year, you know, you start to smooth that out. And that's what's happened with Ohio State. You know, they did lose a lot of offensive output from last year. But anybody close to the situation knew that they were going to come out this year with an incredible defense. They had all of their offensive staff and they added to it selectively. They didn't just go get somebody interviewed over the phone who hadn't called plays before. They went and got somebody who was an offensive coordinator at a big name offensive school for the past several years. Right. It, it, you know, they, they've done things to keep that cycle smooth. And Alabama's done the same. You know, that's what they do with their um they're quote-unquote analysts that they've become big for. You know, Sarkeesian. You know, how do you teach new people the offense? Well, that's exactly how you do it. Sarkeesian, he was an analyst for them uh, the past year. So, quote-unquote offensive analyst. Well, when their offensive yeah. coordinator leaves, he, he understands their formula. Pull him right in. Plug him in, right? Yeah. There are elite schools like Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson. And, and that really, right now, in my opinion, caps it. That have smoothed the cycle so to speak in the way that they've recruited to build depth the way that they've used uh bringing in coaches their pipeline of coaches uh etc to smooth those out they're still going to have glitches here and there like i think alabama's in a very minor glitch washington's not there texas isn't there michigan's not there and so to put them on a pedestal without doing your homework and then being surprised by it, like you're betrayed, is just weird to me. Yeah.
1: And uh, I'm sure we'll see the same thing next year as well
0: when the season's over. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, Jimbo Fisher. I mean, how many, how, how long is it going to take before you realize, you know what, I don't think this guy's really a very good coach. <laughs> <laughs> You know, he he really is. He he walked into a crap ton of talent and Jameis Winston. rode it to a national championship and then just completely (laughs) fell apart. I mean, if you look at Florida State's recruiting classes for the past several years, their average is still very high. They have got a crap ton of talent on that team. And Jimbo Fisher recruited most of them. So he, he wasn't a good enough coach to maintain consistency from an X's and no perspective. He recruited very well, but he just wasn't that bright from a coaching perspective. And it brought Florida State down, and now he's moved on to A&M, and I think he's the highest-paid coach. I mean, he's got a lot of money that they basically bankrolled him with. I mean, they rolled up the Brinks trucks for this guy, and... It, it, a&M, you look at their average recruiting ranking, their average recruiting class is higher than... I think it's in the top 10. I mean, it's higher than all these teams they're competing against. Except with the exception of George and Auburn and Bama, right? I mean, they're right up there on average. And yet, they can't compete.
1: Yeah. Yep. I mean, there's really nothing more to add to that.
0: It's Pretty much black and white there. <laughs> yeah, the only thing I'm going to add to that is if Chip Kelly comes back, I'm going to pick UCLA again next year. <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> uh, I guess we'll see. But uh, yeah, good uh, good week, uh, good weekend coming up. Some oh, yeah. Great great rivalry games. Can't wait to get into the thick of it especially with the big game, even though the division is not on the line this time. Still, of course, the big rivalry, rivalry as we inch our way closer to that large overall total that we have been slowly chipping away at these past couple decades.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the big thing about it is you know, Ohio State-Michigan just will will give a precursor for that, as we talked about that later in the week. But I said earlier, Ohio State's going to be up for this because really the playoff is on the line for them. Um, The Big Ten, even though I I think it's getting a lot more press recently than it has in the past for being a strong conference, it's still unfortunately not held in the same regard is the sec and i think ohio state knows that you know if they want to make the playoff they still have to win this game they're going to be playing hard to do that it really speaks to the whole you know college football playoff committee and their love for the sec though because i still believe ohio state beats michigan wins the big 10 championship and goes on to and i'll just make it up beat Clemson in the uh, semifinal and then beat LSU in the Superdome for the final, they will go down as one of the, the, probably the best teams in theory. And it just makes it sad as an indictment to the playoff committee that that's what they had to do, right? They had, they would have had to have basically been one of the best teams that ever played in order to actually get into the playoffs. You know, and it goes back to what I said on the last college football playoff. You know, what what do some people, in some of these teams, why do they even bother playing anymore, right? So, I think Ohio State's going to be fired up for this one. As well, they should be. Okay, that brings yeah. us to our fitting conclusion of Buckeye bombast with Belhaven. And the boy. Most sitting.